0: Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit.
1: Recorded live.
2: Hey, what's up? Welcome back. This is the TNA heel Cast. I am your host this week, Raven Effect. We are running down TNA Genesis 2017. We had a pretty big show this week, so we got a pretty big cast this week here for the Hillcast as well. First off, we have our buddy Hurls, as usual. Hurls, what's up, bud?
3: Oh, not too much. It's been a really, really solid week of TNA action I watched Genesis, and I also watched Against All Odds, which was the November one-night-only pay-per-view, um, but everything's good over here.
2: am glad to hear it, my man. Also, joining us this
1: week from King of the Mountain himself, Kyle, what's up, man? Hey, guys, it's great to have everybody up in here. We had a great episode of Impact, and you know we got everybody here to talk about it. I'm ready, guys. Love having
2: you over here, Kyle. It's nice to see you come over here. Always a pleasure. Um, We also got the homeboy back himself, the face of TNA fandom, Chef. Chef, what's up, man?
4: I'm chilling, baby, ready to get this in.
2: Looks good. And the one, the only, the real, FK9 is with us as well. What's up, FK? Uh,
0: What's up is it seems like everywhere I turn on the Internet, I'm seeing more signs that uh, the country is dissolving into chaos all around us, but at least we got a good wrestling show to talk about, so I'm pretty good today.
2: Right, the important things in life.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Trump fire right, um, general. What's that? I missed you, FK Nine, what'd you say? Uh nothing. It's
1: not important. In, impact Grab's wrestling by the pussy, that's what he said.
2: <laughs> Love it Only on the Hill, Um. Alright guys Well uh, let's go ahead and let's just dive right into it here I'm going to start with Kyle Kyle you were saying uh, he, There was some stuff going on with Mike Bennett I'm going to let you go ahead and explain it to the audience here What you were telling us earlier
1: Now now this isn't official news This is just you know, one of my many Conspiracy theories here Sunday night uh, Not Sunday I'm sorry uh, Saturday night Uh, I saw Miracle Mike Bennett put up a Snapchat of his TV screen. He was watching the NXT title match, and uh, he put up, you know, just the usual caption, uh, I need to watch this before I go to sleep, dot, dot, dot. And he put a little emoji in the corner that said, let's roll. Uh, To my knowledge, he's not signed with Impact Wrestling at the moment. Uh, His deal expired January 2017, and... uh, And Maria were booked per show in this last set of tapings, so it's not guaranteed that he'll be back come March. Uh, I think it would be a loss for TNA, but uh, you know, if feels they're not using him right, he's frustrated. He wants to go do other things. You know, good for him. Whatever. What's your, how do you guys feel about it? I
5: though, Hurls, what are
2: your thoughts on that?
5: I don't know about it. I'm just.
3: You know, the thing is, if he's going to go somewhere, just go. Don't, like, create all this Twitter drama about it. Um, If you're working on a contract with TNA, great, but be professional about it. Like, it's cool you're dropping hints about the kingdom, you're dropping hints about NXT, but at, at the same time, it's like, You're still on Impact TV as of right now. Try to be professional. It just seems like a lot of extra drama to me. So me personally, it's a great talent. I hope he stays in TNA. But at the same time, just be professional. Don't be like dipping your toes in the ROH water or dipping your
5: toes in the NXT water unless you actually are going to go there. Right. Uh, Chef,
4: what do you think about this? Honestly, I don't even give a fuck. Like, if he wants to be a bitch and go over there, like, I like Mike Bennett personally. He's a pretty fucking cool guy. But if you want to be an asshole, be out. I don't got no patience for no crybabies. You know, I'm sick and tired of this generation of being bitches. So, I don't care. Chef pulls
2: hell no fucking punches. I love it. Uh, FK9, go to you. Your thoughts on that?
0: Is it possible that he just wanted to see uh, Bobby Roode win the NXT title? I don't know. Seems like, seemed like a bunch of people from the roster were congratulating Roode about that, so I mean, who knows. Uh, I, I would prefer they keep this off Twitter, just trying to handle their business like professionals. But, I mean, if he's on the way out, I get it. It seemed like he was a Billy Corgan guy, so... Maybe we, we can expect that he's probably not too happy with the way things went. I understand that, but uh eh. it's it's frustrating. I guess the silver lining is that if he is on the way out, at least they're not pushing him to the moon like they did with Sting and whatnot. Remember, because see, TNA seem to have this thing where they try to push guys like a huge amount, like right before they're about to walk out of the company. Reference Sting, reference AJ and put them over all their other all their other people that are still on the roster. So I guess it's a plus that that's not happening. But maybe if they did treat him a little better and book him a little better, he wouldn't be doing this. Because, I mean, it's it's like after the Moose thing ended, it's like they just didn't know what to do with him anymore. Just really unfortunate. He was one of their biggest stars last year. If this is the way he's going out, it's just – it kind of sucks.
2: Yeah, I really echo what FK9 is saying there. I mean, I feel – but like, it's a good thing if they're not really going to push the guy to the moon, if he is going to leave. I mean, for what we do understand, you know, he's not under contract right now. Um, I think it's a huge loss. I think Mike Bennett became an absolute star. He showed that he is a shining star. Um, and I think the guy has world title potential with DNA, the company that actually lets him shine. Um, I don't, obviously, it didn't work in Ring of Honor. Obviously, it didn't work in New Japan. Uh, I doubt NXT WWE is going to really give the guy a thing, and, you know, they're going to be writing his words for him. Um, you know, if we lose him, odds are we're probably going to lose Maria, too, which I think is equally as big of a loss. Uh, so I hope it's not the case. But, yeah, I mean, at least they're not putting him over top talent. But, you know, him and Moose had just phenomenal chemistry and great matches this year. So it would be a damn shame, in my opinion, to see Mike Bennett go. Um, I'm going to kick it over to Hurls now. Hurls, you were saying something about Jeff Jarrett talking about GFW. I'm going to have you go ahead and kind of uh, enlighten our fan base here.
3: Yeah, I saw on Twitter that Jeff Jarrett was saying big things coming up for GFW and Impact Wrestling. He combined the two in the same tweet. I thought that was pretty interesting. I don't know exactly what he's talking about there. Um, I don't know if we're going to see some interaction between the two. Are they going to do some type of, like, split brand thing? Um, I don't know. The only thing, I mean, if GFW were all of a sudden get picked up by pop TV and put on, like, I don't know, a Saturday or some other day of the week, and they they did kind of like what WWE does, I wouldn't be upset about it, Um, as long as you're bringing in a lot more wrestlers to fill out the the rosters for these two. um, I think that could be pretty cool, but who, who knows, because, I mean, I just know when the negotiations were going on, it said that Jeff Jarrett still wants to keep going with GFW, so... Obviously, there's something there, and I, uh, Fight TV, or the Fight Network, they want more content. So it, it could definitely happen, and uh, I guess it could create some really cool matchups, and it'd be it'd make things interesting. So uh, once again, though, I'm just kind of speculating what that tweet could mean. It could mean a lot of different things. Doesn't necessarily mean
5: it's going to be some type of split brand thing, but um, it's got me intrigued. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um sounds like someone was gonna go ahead and talk to whoever was starting there, go ahead and speak your piece on it. Yeah, all I'm gonna say is
0: please this is not another fucking invasion angle in the works. That's all I've got.
1: Yeah, I definitely feel you on that. You know, that, that the whole invasion thing, you know, uh the it gets kinda of hokey. I don't think we need to see that again, but maybe just maybe Maybe this is an opportunity for the fans to invest some money into some new gold bars with the Impact Wrestling logo uh, and the GFW logo on the pieces of gold. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm
0: sure they <laughs> would uh, throw in a signed 8 by 10
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: Or, or a dozen signed 8 by tens.
1: I, I gave Jeff Jarrett some money, you know, last year. I, I invested in the gold. I haven't gotten shit yet. All I got was a, a shitty Slap Nuts t-shirt from 2000 and a signed 8x10. That's
2: the good thing. Is
1: that from a
0: pyramid scam? <laughs> did you, did you, do you expect you were going to make out like a bandit there? That's not how those things tend to work. <laughs>
1: well, apparently, if you sold, like, 500 of the gold bars, you got a signed uh, guitar, you know, a smashable guitar. Bring that to my grandmother's house, smash her over the head with it, you know, that would have been awesome. <laughs> what do you got chef
4: let's hear it honestly i mean i don't think gfw's getting shit their biggest star is magnus you know and he's whatever i don't know i don't don't give a shit like i said i i have no fucking give a shit about gfw either because their roster is trash um i mean they haven't been picked up in like what fucking two years already If no one gave a shit before when at least they had to be on impact with some kind of show. Brian Myers, I think, is in WWE already. So, like, all their stars aren't even there no more. Who the fuck cares?
1: You know, you mentioned Magnus. I just want to throw this out there real quick. Isn't this fucking weird? Listen to this. WWE signs Mickie James back, and they hold a UK tournament. There was a ton of nobodies in there. How the hell did Magnus not be a part of that UK tournament? I mean, his... His wife just got signed back to the company. Nobody sent him an invite to go on the U.K. tournament? I, ah, man, I don't know. Well, there's
2: a uh, rumor that Magnus got turned down for that U.K. tour after trying out or something, which well, blows well, my maybe, mind.
1: Maybe WWE would have been scared that if they signed him, James Storm might show up and push somebody on the train tracks. I don't know. It would have been a safety measure. <laughs> to be um, honest
4: with the whole WWE UK thing, a lot of those guys actually have, like, a big name. Like, Trent Seven's pretty big in ICW. Wolfgang is pretty big in ICW. Like, a lot of those guys, they had a name out there, and they're relevant because ICW is doing their thing, where what the fuck has Magnus done with GFW besides that little invasion bullshit?
2: I mean, look, I, I don't mean to be a dick, but, I mean anything is kind of big or huge for GFW. I mean, they've went literally nowhere. Um, I I don't mind new talent coming into TNA, especially if we're losing Mike Bennett, and who knows about Drew Galloway and the Hardys coming up soon and so forth and so forth. And, look, we don't know the financial situation. Um, Chef, I'm sure you would probably know because you're at all the shows. Didn't TNA use that Congo Kong guy that's on the GFW roster at this last set of taping?
4: Yeah, they definitely used that Congo Kong guy. And Swag was part of GFW too, so they used two of those guys. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the Congo guy was actually pretty good, so I ain't gonna hate on that. That was that was pretty cool.
2: Isn't he uh, Lady Tapa's husband, if I remember right? Too. Holy shit! I got no idea. It's fucked up because they got the same hairdo. <laughs> oh, Christ, I
4: do I want to go to that part. part
0: but I don't. I don't want any. I don't want any chance of Lady Tapa coming back. Could be horrible.
2: Yeah, yeah, that would be real bad. Um, I mean, I don't really know what the GFW roster is uh, anymore, really. I mean, I remember a couple years back, I mean, there was like Killer Elite Squad was on there, Shelton Benjamin was on there, you know, Sanjay Dutt. I'm always fine with Sanjay coming back. Um, Yeah, I don't care to see Brian Myers. Apparently we're not going to get him. Um, I mean, there was – I remember when TNA went through that big mass exodus of like losing everyone when Aries left and just like – the whole fucking company left in, was it 2015? I kind of looked at it and was like, Jesus, this GFW actually has a better roster than TNA. But, I mean, obviously things have changed now. Um, it's just maybe we'll get some more talent coming in, I guess. It uh, can't be too terrible. But I think maybe they'll get something on the fight app. But Raven enough. Effect.
3: Raven Effect, before you go on, me, me and Kyle were talking two weeks ago about Christina Von Erie. She sold the the title on eBay. Is that correct?
5: <laughs> Did she really? I I, I remember brother that. underscore bringing that up.
4: Yeah, she definitely. Maybe Jared it back. That's the
2: big thing. Jesus. I don't know. That's that's sad. Sad. Now I want to know who bought it and what they paid for it. Is the worst part. But she got she got paid in hot dogs at the ballpark shows. <laughs> I think half flat nut t-shirts probably worth more than that belt probably sold for.
5: Wouldn't doubt it. So, uh,
2: we'll go ahead and move on. Um, I guess we'll just uh, kind of briefly touch. So, apparently Bobby Roode did win the NXT World Heavyweight Title. Congratulations, Bobby Roode. Um, now will watch NXT. do support WWE. Love Bobby Roode. Um, happy for him. Anyone? Uh, anyone have any comments they want to throw in or anything in regards to that congratulations on winning a minor league title
5: (laughs) all right we'll leave it at that um
2: and the other i don't like to talk about the other show or other product on here um i just didn't get a chance to say it i'm happy as hell to hear about kurt angle going into the wwe hall of fame and that's very well deserved um I love Kurt Angle, always been one of my favorites of all time. I will say this, I haven't watched the WWE in years. Last night, however, I turned on the Royal Rumble match because of all the rumors that I heard that Kurt Angle was going to be in the match. Not only did Kurt Angle not show up, but that was, like the Royal Rumble match itself fucking sucked. And it was a complete waste of my life, a waste of my time that I can never get back. And I don't understand how people enjoy that product. Uh, If anyone wants to say anything about the Royal Rumble last night, go for it, fuck it.
1: Uh, that, that shit was terrible, man. Let, let, you know, I, real quick, we'll be real brief about this. We don't like to talk about WWE, but real briefly, uh, my issue with it was uh, there were really no surprises. Like no, uh, you know, surprises. They have a roster full of young talent. They rated the whole world of wrestling. You got Samoa Joe. You got Eric Young. You've got Bobby Roode. You've got uh, New Japan guys. You've got Spring of Honor guys. You have such a loaded roster. But fucking John Cena wins the belt. Randy Orton wins. Uh, other highlights are Goldberg, The Undertaker. And I respect all those names. But you might as well have had Batista be entrant 30, you know, at that point. Like, it was like I was watching a fucking Royal Rumble from
4: 2003.
1: <laughs> yeah. Was kind of funny when they had
0: Roman Reigns delim- eliminate the Undertaker, just as a big middle finger to all the fans who wouldn't accept Reigns as a face. That way, I, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe funny isn't the right word for it. Yeah, I, yeah. I personally hey, you know, like. As long as, we're, as long as we're congratulating guys. Uh, like Bobby Roode for being a success over at NXT. We should probably throw out a congratulations to Samoa Joe, who just debuted on Raw a couple minutes ago. Oh, shit. Yeah, he attacked Seth Rollins. Wow. Wow,
3: they waited the night after the Rumble.
0: Yeah. I was pretty pissed off. I turned into the Rumble last night. I watched the whole thing just in the off chance that Samoa Joe might debut there, and now he shows up on Raw the next night
3: yeah that's kind of how I felt like the whole rumble like you're waiting for somebody big they give you this guy named Ty Dillinger no disrespect but I was not watching the rumble for Ty Dillinger um I enjoyed the style of Cena match I thought that was really good but the fact that Cena is a 16 time champion is just a slap in the face to wrestling fans all over the world and Randy Orton winning the rumble was very disappointing um two guys that have, you know, hogged the spotlight for so long in WWE. And that's one of the reasons why I got sick of watching them it was because they kept shoving those two down our throats. Um, and they're doing the same thing with Roman Reigns. It's like they always have to have a guy that the fans don't really care for, but they're
5: still going to shove them down your throats and uh, they're going to hog the main event scene for years to come.
2: Jeff, you got any thoughts or anything you want to say about the Royal Rumble?
4: Fuck WWE, and that's it.
2: Well said. I think it could be said any better myself. I guess, look, the only thing I want to say is if John Cena versus Randy Orton for, like, the 975th time headlines WrestleMania, anyone that watches that shit is a fucking idiot. Um... It's, just, it's ridiculous and redundant how much they just show the same fucking matches over and over because they have literally no creativity because they just, just watered down their product with so many hours of stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, the, like you say that there was no shockers at all in the Royal rumble last night, but I was surprised as hell to see that Brock Lesnar is pregnant and wrestling. <laughs> but, uh, that was really the only thing I saw was Brock Lesnar got fucking beer belly on him. Um, and he, can't he, ne- for
1: he, never, he never goes sure. to work. The guy never goes to work on the couch all day, eating ding-dongs. And shooting steroids <laughs> up his ass, apparently,
3: UFC. His moveset is so lame, too. All he does is 20 German suplex. That's about all he can do now. Just such disappointing watching him wrestle now. It's just he doesn't give a crap, and they know he doesn't give a crap, but they're still going to profile put him in the high-profile matches, even though the guy just doesn't give a damn about wrestling at all.
1: And then they feed him to Goldberg. Like, they built the guy up for two years. They have him destroy one of their greatest things, the fucking streak with The Undertaker. They just hand that to him. And then they have his fucking Goldberg. Nothing against Goldberg. You know, I'm a WCW head. But bring Goldberg out of retirement who hasn't wrestled in years to just destroy the guy you built up for, like, two years. Like, what? If any WWE fan can comment on this and fucking argue that, I would love to see you try. But TNA sucks, right?
2: Yeah, of course. Their initials aren't WWE. Anyways, guys, uh, let's go ahead and move on from the devil. And uh, let's talk about the one thing that uh, the big TNA news over the week is that the Broken Hardys, went to Maryland Championship Wrestling, won the tag team titles this weekend. In attendance for this event was Brother Underscore, and uh, I'm trying to think of formerly Dudette, uh, Broken Sister Underscore. Underscore There we go. Let's just go with Mrs. Underscore. (laughs) We're there in attendance to see this. Uh, We have seen photos of Brother Underscore and his wife with the Hardys. Um, So congrats to the Hardys. Uh, apparently, this is going to show on Impact um, sometime next month. So, uh, Chef, any thoughts on this one?
4: You know what? I am so anti-Hardy's. It's incredible.
1: <laughs> Chef, tell everybody. I know I know what you're thinking, man. I was going to ask you about it. Fill the listeners in what happened with you and Rebby you, Matt, and Reby, uh over Yo, the weekend. fuck Matt
4: Hardy. Matt Hardy's a <laughs> bitch. Like, on some real shit, this guy is actually starting to get on my fucking nerves. Like... <laughs> Like, I mean, no bullshit, and I was having, like, a normal conversation, and I fucking wrote, um, now this is to me, like, this broken bullshit was so redundant that I just don't even like it no more, so I wrote, TNA killed the specialness of this Hardy shit, and he fucking wants to sit there and make this bullshit that I was fucking specifically hating on him, so his little fucking marks could start bitching, Reby fucking blocked me, I don't give a fuck, she ain't a knockout anyway, so I don't give a fuck what she does. And, I mean, this guy's got, like, this personal fucking vendetta with me. He's taken a picture of me, cropped out the fucking hot cat woman that even his marks were, like, because I posted the picture right back on it. They were like, wow, look, that dude's actually got a fucking hot cat woman on there doing some cosplay shit. And I'm just like, yo, go suck a dick, nigga. Like, why the fuck is he getting so emo? Like, this shit is annoying.
0: Wow. Feel if it makes you feel better, you're not really an official heel caster until you've been blocked by at least one or two TNA stars. <laughs> That's
2: very true. And uh, <laughs> I know Jeff was one of the guys that actually came to my defense at some point at last year. But, um, yeah, I've also been on the verge of Matt Hardy blasting you on Twitter. And trust me, it's not fun because your Twitter does not stop fucking going off people you get all these people like oh this person loves matt hardy calling you a fucking retard it makes you feel really good um but uh i i do love <laughs> matt hardy now but i know what you went through chef um i also just i'm sorry anyone i haven't been on twitter in like two months so anyone that's messaged me on there if i haven't got back to you i'm not being an asshole i'm just going through a lot of personal shit haven't been on there so want to say that out there and thank you everyone uh friends of the heel um Let's go to FK Nine. Your thoughts on the Hardys winning the uh, indie wrestling tag team title? I think it's an interesting uh, promotional strategy.
0: Um, I'm not sure what TNA gets out of it exactly, except more notoriety for the Hardys, who already had plenty of it. Uh, This seems to me like something that would be uh, more beneficial to all the indie companies that the Hardys are going to. I guess it gives the Hardys bragging rights. Can they, they can say that we're the tag team champions in every company all over time and space or whatever, but they're, they were already the Hardys. They're already one of the biggest tag teams ever. So I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's, something, it's something new to try at the very least. Uh, what, I, what I'm wondering about is that is this going to kind of monopolize the Hardys' time on the show for a while? Because it, it doesn't seem like uh, – there's any real hurry to get them into a proper tag title feud on impact. I mean, it kind of seems like we'll talk about this in a minute, but it kind of, it kind of seems like the DCC are more occupied with uh, the decay than the Hardys, which leaves the Hardys strangely free of any title feuds. So is this what they're going to be focusing on right now? Mm. I, I I say, all right, it's different. It's, it's something new. Let's try it and see where it goes. But I'm not sure what the payoff for this is going to be, to be honest. Mm.
1: I think it's an innovative concept, like taking them. Because, uh, I mean, they already do travel uh, indie to indie. Like, why not bring a camera crew? I mean, you put uh, a spot on the show where it's the Hardys in some random indie territory every week getting all the gold. It gives them something to do. Like you said, that's going to be the focus. Uh, the tag division, obviously, uh, on the other end, will take a backseat. I think we're probably going to see uh, DCC and Decay go at it for a little bit. Uh, but hopefully the Hardys can come back after this uh, expedition for gold and have a proper feud with somebody. But clearly they're not going to lose the belts to a random independent tag team at some independent show. But it is an innovative concept, i
5: pearl let's go ahead and close this out for us. Yeah. Um, kind of like what everybody else said, it's, it's a
3: different concept. It's unique. Um, but it does really seem like the independent companies are getting the most off this. I'm not really sure what it's doing for TNA without kind of going where FK9 was going to go, but with their contract situation. But I mean, you would have to think this is probably going to occupy them and at least till March. Um, So, I mean, cool concept, but, I guess I just hope the matches are good. Um, Also, I just wanted to touch on, I got a little Twitter beef with um, Andrew Everett. Not really beef, but a little ribbing going on, you know. Uh, I went to the, uh, he's a big basketball fan as well as I am, and I went to the, he's a big Philadelphia 76ers fan, and I'm a big Milwaukee Bucks fan, so I uh, talked a little smack before the game, and and the Bucks were up with a minute to go, and they ended up choking it away. And, yeah, uh, eh, Andrew Everett got the last laugh. So uh, props to you, Mr. Everett, but uh, we will meet again.
2: There you go. And what – I don't know. I actually haven't paid attention to basketball in a few years, but uh, I do know they'll play each other three, four times a year in the Eastern Conference. So you definitely have another shot. But um... – you know, I don't know that going to all these indie small-time promotions is really doing anything for TNA or the Hardys. I don't know that that's really the top-notch competition. Um, probably, I mean, it's going to give Maryland Championship Wrestling some exposure in little places like that. it uh, be interesting to see what happens when the Broken Hardys take on the buffs of youth, how that's going to play out between ROH-TV and TNA-TV, et cetera, if it even makes television time. Um, but we know that's supposed to be happening WrestleMania weekend, if I'm correct, but... Um, you know, time will tell and we will move on from there. So, and we will move on to the pay-per-view show on free TV Genesis. Uh, one thing I'm going to say real fast is that this was finally like what I've been hoping they would do with these free pay-per-view shows. And it didn't feel like just a normal ass episode of impact. There wasn't like a bunch of promos, a bunch of angles on TV. It was almost strictly wrestling, which is what I feel it should be for a long time. Um, uh, and I'll just throw it, we'll get this topic out of the way. The only really, like, uh, skit, promo stuff that was going on was the Laurel Van Ness and Braxton Sutter thing. Uh, we had Laurel Van Ness, you know, kind of flying around her dad's money. Um, Braxton kind of forced a her and whatnot. Um, let's go ahead and we'll start with FK9, your thoughts on what was going on with Laurel Van Ness and Braxton Sutter angle throughout the show.
0: Oh, well, um, it, it is kind of funny. I, I think... Um, what I think is weird is that it's uh, we're getting a little more a little more information about this now. Um, one of my previous complaints about this is that well, Braxton Sutter is, is like going with the heels, but he's not happy about it. You know, he sees them, you know, continuing to make Allie's life a living hell, and you know, you know clearly there's a the connection with Allie there. But it's like if he's with her, why is he going with them? Do they have something on him? And I think it's clear it's clear now that they do. We haven't learned what it is yet, but it's enough to get him to kind of uh, uh, continue on this uh, this sham of a this sham of a relationship with the woman I've dubbed the the hashtag sexy giraffe. So um, I I think it's weird. I do I do like the performances here. I think um like Laurel Van Ness is doing surprisingly well with this. Yeah, you know, they they gave her the you know the 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 stuck up. Spoiled rich princess bitch character, and she's she's taking she's actually done pretty well with it. I think she's she's shown a, a surprising amount of aptitude for this uh, for the character related stuff. You know, certainly more than her fellow tough enough alumnus uh, Raquel did. So that's nice. I think she's been a pleasant surprise these last couple of months, and this is actually making Sutter more interesting too. So I thought I thought the skits were kind of cool. Uh, maybe not strictly necessary, but um, yeah, they were pretty well done. The only problem was the. The set dressing was pretty obviously just uh, the backstage area with a curtain around it. Yeah, I mean, which is kind of strange because you're in Universal Studios. You couldn't go, like, 50 yards to one of, like, the dozens of restaurants that are all over the place down there and just, just shoot it on location or something. You had to shoot it backstage.
1: <laughs> it was the catering table.
0: <laughs> yeah, they couldn't, like, dim the lights or put some candles or extra set decorations there or something. I mean, they've gone to restaurants and shot on location before. A couple of times, actually, (laughs) the whole thing just looked really cheap because it's supposed to be some kind of expensive, like, swanky restaurant. (laughs) So that part was kind of – was a little bit lame, but I did actually like the performances of both people here, so that was fun.
1: You make a great point there about uh, just how they didn't film it on location at a restaurant or something. Uh, I think that obviously boils down to budget. Another complaint I have, you know, that relates to that is the show is Genesis. It would be regular, you know, it would be normal for them to get an apron that says Genesis on it, you know. I don't know how much they cost. I can't think that. It's too much money. I would love to see them do that, you know. Uh, Just change the, uh, the entrance set up a little bit maybe. And if you can't do that, just give us a different ring apron, you know, something that says Genesis on it, you know. Yeah.
0: That's got to be kind of difficult, though, when you're taping so much TV yeah. in such a short amount of time. Because they, they were probably taping, like, two to three shows worth of material in one night here. So anything they can do to just, like, save time and effort is probably what the way they're going to go. Just kinda... You
1: know, but when it comes to the angle, you know, what I got from uh, this thing, it's like Maria's obviously got some blackmail on Braxton, uh I can't think, you know, maybe she's got a video of him like sleeping with a tranny or something, you know, what could it be, you know? She's definitely, she, she whispered in his ear and he went right to Laurel. Uh, I, I can't imagine, you know, maybe Braxton likes getting pegged or something. I don't know.
2: Do it for Braxton Sutter, Dixie. Curls, um, what were your thoughts on this? So I want to close out with Chef on this one.
5: Um,
3: I liked it. I mean, You know, I think Laurel Von S. is a lot more interesting than I thought she would be, and she's kind of got that beautiful people 2008 vibe to her a little bit. Um, I mean, you know, it was good for the people who, like, watch wrestling for just storylines, because there's a lot of casual fans that do just watch for storylines. So it was nice to see them incorporate at least – something for those fans in this show which was pretty uh heavy wrestling dominated but um i agree i i'm excited to see where this goes and i think it makes braxton sutter uh stand out a lot more than he was he was just kind of there so this definitely gives him something to do uh in the meantime so overall i i i like these uh you know little promos they did even though it was you know, you could tell they were in the impact zone. That didn't really bother me too much, though. I mean, I mean, it's
5: just kind of a small nitpick. True, true.
4: All
2: right, so, Chef, um, what were your thoughts on this?
4: I love the whole thing. I'm a huge LVN fan. You know, I dig her, and it was a really good way to keep her relevant. Like, you know, you got the Maria Alley thing. You got the Rosemary J thing. So tying her in with Braxton Sutter and all this other alley shit, like it's just going to boost her up. I think L.V.N. is a lot more better wrestler than anyone even thought she was going to be. So it keeps her relevant. And I beat the whole shit. I like it. I don't give a fuck if it's a two bit little fucking curtain. And as for the mad things, I heard the mad things are really expensive. And some of the females with their heels actually poke some holes in them, so they did have to replace them, and they're not cheap. No, Chef.
5: The
2: question I want to get to here, because I mean, like if if Anyone listening to the show doesn't know, and I don't know how you would know, Chef is at all the tapings. You always see Chef on TV. Do you see, so like, when you're here for the tapings, do you see any of this shit? Like, they put it on the on the Jumbotron or whatever the hell they call it for Gina. Do you see any of these skits going on as it happens? Nah, nah, they don't show no backstage stuff. Unless it was, like, um, I think, was it Bound for
4: Glory had, like, the Great War, and when they fought outside, they showed that. But unless something happens inside the ring, you don't see shit, like you it's just anything in the ring you get, whatever happens backstage, you don't get to see shit, so anything a promo back there you don't we don't get to see nothing, and half the time, like when you see these the matches like the brand championship for a minute, they didn't even explain it you know you said three fucking people come out, and you had judges, and they were just like, "Okay, here it is, you know when you watch it on t v it was like, well, this means this and that means that." There's a lot of stuff they don't say. So it makes things a little harder for people to cheer about. And not for nothing, but they cut out so many fucking chants, which I don't understand why they do it. But there are so many chants that you never
2: even hear on, on, on TV. And that's, I mean, that, that's good info to hear. And it it doesn't make sense to me because, like, the crowd always sounds dead as hell anyways. I don't know why they wouldn't let the chants go. Um, I know you've told us about a Eli Drake chant, uh, and so forth. I guess, um, you know, the, the thing that struck me is that like Laura Vanessa is a lot hotter than I fucking thought she was like by a lot. Um, I would love to do some things with that woman. Um, and you, I mean, you guys are talking about us making Braxton Sutter more entertaining. Like, I don't think, like, I didn't think the guy could get any duller. So thankfully they're doing something with the guy. Hopefully his personality shines. Um, I'm about to move on, but if anyone has any other thoughts on this, we just kind of open up the discussion here. Um, go ahead and speak out if you want. If not, we're going to move on.
5: All right. So we're going
2: to move yeah. on.
1: Uh, <laughs> a, was someone going? No, I said, I, I guess move on.
2: All right. Um, so we had uh, Broken Hardys come out, um, basically set up for the three-way match. Uh, against DK, against DCC. Hardy's retained their belt. Uh, Let's go back to Chef. Chef, uh, I know you're a a DCC guy. I know you're not a Hardy guy. Uh, Your thoughts on this one?
4: Yo, look, honestly, it was a really – to me, it was a decent match. The only thing I did not understand is why Crazy Steve spits a miss into Kingston's face and just jumps off the side of the ring so Matt Hardy could twist the fade fucking Eddie Kingston for the pin. Like, well, what the fuck were you doing? You know, it, it kind of frustrated me because it made no sense to me. But, like, I'm not a big Crazy Steve guy. But if you watch, like, Decay matches, like, lately, he's been really carrying Decay because Abyss is, looks like he's, like, super slow. He's not doing much. So, Crazy Steve has impressed me a lot because he's actually kind of, like, carrying Decay on his back. Obviously not including Rosemary because is a beast. But, like, with the two tag teams, he's he's doing this fucking thing. So, I appreciate Crazy Steve just a little bit more. But, um, I don't know, man. It just, to me, honestly, it just feels like the Hardys, the fucking crippling the tag team division. It gets, I'm just not a fan of these fucking guys. You know, fuck the broken bullshit already.
1: Ooh, strong words right there. I I, I disagree with you, man. I, I'm I'm a fan of the broken brillies. Let's let's take a show of hands real quick. Uh, are you with, are you with Shaft or are you with the broken brillies? Well, the marks are oh. gonna put their fucking hands up. <laughs> Fighting words,
2: <laughs> Chef, you know, you know I love you to death, but you know, I'm, I'm a Broken hearty fan myself. But yeah, I mean, uh, I I kind I do see your point, Chef, And like I I think DCC, DK. I mean, DK has went so downhill since the Hardys took the belt. Um, like it beats the shit out of fucking Robbie and Swaggle or Grado wherever the fuck they're gonna team him with. Um but I'm, there there needs to be more tag teams in t n a um and and it, it needs to start somewhere hopefully something goes from there um but i don't know we'll let you guys uh with the show of hands let's go around a round table that shit real real fast we'll go back to Kyle after that if
3: if you listen to the uh, award show that we did uh, me and raven did for twenty sixteen i you could probably tell i'm a broken uh hardy fan. Um, just because I thought that was what actually made Matt Hardy the most interesting he's been since the version one character uh, in WWE back in 03, 04. So I'm definitely a fan. Um, could I, I could definitely see it's probably not everyone's cup of tea, and that's fine. That's fine. I just see that it put a lot of eyeballs on the Impact Wrestling product, and, and for that, I, I can't hate on it. Not only that, but I also do like it too. So,
1: well, I mean, you know, I respect Chef. He speaks his mind. You know, these shows wouldn't be fun if we all agreed with each other. You know, it's all about the debate. That's what the listeners want to hear.
0: I would say I'm probably more of a Vanguard One, uh, dilapidated boat, decrepit erection fan than a Broken Hardys fan. But I, I can't hate on it. Yeah, you know, it's become the most talked-about thing in wrestling for a reason. You know, the this, this stuff is just—it's become so, so so bizarrely entertaining. I just can't look away, which is kind of strange to me because they've, for the last couple of weeks, they've stopped doing all the Broken Universe vignettes at the Hardy Compound, and I, I don't understand why because those things were just so unique and like a real—let's be honest—a real selling point. Because if there if there's one if there's anything more interesting than the in a good or bad way than the Hardys right now in wrestling, by all means pointed out. Uh, as for this segment, you know, I, for me, it kind of went on a little bit too long. I mean, you've got Jeff talking about the, the race for the case case next week, and, yeah, yeah, I guess you have to set that up, but you, you could do it on the night of. I mean, it's not like uh, there were any questions about which case he was probably going after. And they set up the, you know, they're going after all the different companies tag belts thing, which again you could have covered in a broken universe vignette that would be a lot shorter. And then you got the DCC coming out and the Decay coming out, and it's it's not bad, but again, it's eating up a lot of time for something that wasn't even really hyped up as being part of this show. And you're taking away time uh, from something else that uh, I, I really wanted to see more of. Um, but then we had the match, you know, it, it, it's an okay match, I guess. I didn't really have a whole lot of complaints about it, but, uh, what stuck, what stuck out most to me was the ending where you have Steve, uh, missed Kingston and then he gets pinned by the Hardys. Uh, so again, it's like, there's being there's a lot more effort here in the, to, uh, building up heat between the decay and the, the DCC than there is about doing anything with the Hardys, which kind of, uh. Really makes me think that they're going to be preoccupied with this this separate angle of them going outside the company to get everyone's tag belts for a while. So I don't I don't know what the end game here there is for that. You know, good segment, decent match. I just think it went a little bit too long
2: for me. So what I'm going to do here, real fast. Um, I'm going to kick it back to Kyle in just a sec. Hurl, um, is there anything else you wanted to add here about this match? Uh, any thoughts you didn't get out yet?
3: Um, I thought the match was just okay. The ending, like chef said, kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I thought it could have went a little longer. Um, but I do realize that these triple threat matches, whether they're single or tag, I mean, a lot of times they seem a little clunky. So, um, but I thought it was a decent opener, but I, I definitely think this was probably if not the weakest match of the uh, whole show. um, just just because I think with the three tag teams in there, I thought they could have done a little bit better. Maybe if they were given a little more time, it would have been better. But I, I thought this was probably the weakest uh, match of the of the night.
2: Yeah, I, I'd agree with that statement too. Um, so, Kyle, I mean, you, you started with the, the show I had with everyone, went a little out of place. Um, Kyle, is there any other thoughts that you had, anything else? I want to make sure you can speak your mind here on this one.
1: Oh, no, you guys You guys definitely broke it down. Uh, the ending was a bit of a head-scratcher, but uh, it was what it was. Uh wasn't my favorite part of the show, so I'll leave it at that.
2: On the show of hands, BQ and Will, they Broken Hearty, Broken Brilliance guys? or the anti or in the middle?
1: Uh, I, BQ, he, he likes the Broken Brilliance. Uh, I guess it, it depends what mood Will is in at the time.
2: All right, so, I mean... Basically, look, I want to say thank you, FK9, for uh, bringing up my awkward penis again with the decrepit erection talk. Always appreciated. Um, the things that stood out to me, like, I'm happy to see Crazy Steve talk, and I agree with Chef. Uh, I think Crazy Steve is really stepping it up. I think the dude's improving all the time. Um, you know, we had him. We did the interview with uh, Stephen Rosemary last year uh, almost – almost a year ago, I think it's March or April that we did the interview, um, and if anyone that hasn't heard it, check it out. Crazy Steve, I think, really, if they let the guy talk and do his thing, I don't think he's transitioned it well enough on TV as he did during our interview, but I really think there's a star potential there for Crazy Steve as a talker. Um, you know, this He's been around for a long time, a lot of hardcore matches. The guy might be slowing down, and um, really, the other thing I want to say is, chef I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say I, I, I feel you here. I do think Look, I, I enjoy the Broken Brilliant stuff, but I kind of feel like maybe they've done it too often, and and it may kill the mystique. I think it's maybe they need to slow down and take it back a little bit with, like, the specials with the, the final deletion, the fucking total nonstop deletion and stuff like that. Maybe scale it back a little bit. I mean, we haven't seen it yet this year. But, Chef, I I, I do get your point. I see that the mystique could be killed, and I'm not going to argue that at all. Um, so we're going to move on. We mentioned uh, the grand championship a little bit earlier. We had Drew Galloway. Um, you know, I don't know if they were going with Galloway as a face, but he went back to heel ways this way. Uh, so he kind of – I believe he did an open challenge. Moose came out. Uh, Galloway retained. Hurls, what were your thoughts on the grand championship match?
3: Um, I thought it was really good. Um, I, I love the um, accidental low blow by – Drew Galloway I thought they made that look pretty cool um I I mean yeah Moose didn't get the greatest title run with it but you know Drew Galloway doing the low blow to retain I think that just makes him look stronger as a heel and um it keeps Moose on the chase so you know that's that's good I, I mean I would love to see another match with these two and I thought this match was pretty entertaining and I love the storytelling of it. I thought it was one of the better, uh, grand grand
5: championship title matches.
2: Uh, let's go to FK nine. What were your thoughts on this one?
0: I think it was a better matchup before they started doing all, uh, started accentuating Drew's, uh, more heelish behavior with the low blows and stuff. Still a good match. um, I think they're starting to figure out this format a little bit better, uh, uh, with, with like the taking points and stuff. I kind of wish they'd explained how that was in the rules before they started doing it, but whatever. Uh, it, it's not a bad match. I think I think their first one was better, but um, uh, you know this this was fine. Again, uh, not something that was really hyped up or promoted that much. So we're really we're really just killing time here until we get around to the big two matches. But I mean, this was all right.
1: Let's go to Kyle.
2: Kyle, what were your thoughts on this one?
1: Ah, man. Uh, everybody really has, uh, broke it down on that one. But I'll say that Drew comes back. Uh, they definitely got a direction for him. Uh, but I, I, dude, I, I'm such a big fan of Moose. I feel like Moose is, uh, since he came to impact, he just improves more and more as the tapings go on. Uh, you see the guy now busting out these moonsaults like it's nothing. Uh, I'm a huge Moose fan, uh, I like the match, and the thing is with me is, I've been pretty critical of the whole judges format with the point system, but I try my best to be open-minded to it, but I think as we go along, they're getting better and better at putting the matches together, uh, like, I, I really, uh, I did enjoy the match, though, but I want to hear what Chef has to say about it because he's there in person, like, Chef, when they first started doing these matches, I just want to ask you this and then, you know, give you a take on it, but I want to ask you, when they first started doing these matches, did they, like, explain to you guys the rules and how they were working? Like, you know, point out that the judges were there and stuff? Or did it just come across as a regular match and you guys had no idea what the fuck was going on? Yo, they didn't explain shit, literally. They oh. just kind of...
4: They they bring out the fucking belt. They just sat it there, and we were like, "Wow, that's a pretty dope looking fucking belt." And then they just started doing the tournament for, and we were like, "What the fuck?"
1: Oh man, I was hoping you weren't gonna say that.
4: Yeah, no, but like, like you guys were saying, like it's been getting progressively better. I think since uh, Moose and and Bennett, like they were like killing this shit, and then Drew Galloway and fucking Moose have just it's not as good as Mike Bennett and fucking Moose. But Galloway and Moose, been fucking, they've been good, too. I mean, I like the whole heel thing. Obviously, I like the bad guys. I can't fucking help it. But, um, I mean, Drew Galloway, to me, I love Drew Galloway. He's a fucking machine. Moose is dope as fuck. I mean, these are two guys that are just, they're killing it right now. And, Kyle, if you want, you could point out a fucking judge. I don't give a shit who it is. Because if it's the guy that sits in the second one, we abuse him all the time anyway. So, as long as you don't want us to shit on the chick because she's pretty nice, We'll shit on the other one if you want, to. I mean, because we always say Judge 2 sucks. So if you don't
1: like the other one, the you, Kyle, will fucking sit down and we'll fucking rip into the other one. You're talking about them uh, erasing uh, Chance from the show, or maybe their mic doesn't pick them up. Are you implying to me that you guys harassed the judge and quite possibly have a ton of, uh, uh, what am Yo. I going to say here, a heel chance? Does the heel team 6 get, go in during the tapings? I know it's got to be a hard time for Josh Matthews.
4: Yo, dude, you know what's crazy? And I don't even know if I should say, it, but I won't say the person that this happened oh, to. Oh,
1: say it, man. So, We're on the heel case.
4: The heels are happening. Right, right. So my, so my guy Sean, he fucking rips, fucking. Did, yo, like you have no idea how bad he abuses Josh Matthew. Like he fucks with him from the beginning of the fucking night to the end of the night, just like you fucking suck. Like he just talks mad shit, and it was to the point that we went out to eat. Uh, Madison Rain and Josh were sitting right on the other side of me and my guy, Sean. Hold on. Now, I don't give a fuck, because if they say something to me, I don't give a fuck, whatever. But she literally told him, hey, you got, like, she told my man Sean, you got to chill, because, you know, you know, he's getting, it it annoys him. So, like, he actually had to move to, like, another, like, one of our other people's tables. Ooh, Yo, dude, but he, he fucking, yo, dude, he fucking goes hard. Like, I mean, he fucking hammers, Josh. I mean, like, on some fucked-up levels. I don't know what the fuck the issue is, but he abuses them, like, ridiculously, my dude.
1: Like, I'll take it that Sean's not a big fan of Shit's Creek. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yo, dude, but like I said, like, definitely, like, when uh the other day, I think it was last week's tapings, where uh, – Moose looked like he got completely dominated by fucking Drew Galloway, and they were like, oh, Moose won the second one. I actually like the fact that, to me, Josh called it right by saying, well, in my opinion, like, you know, Drew Galloway won. We don't hear that shit in the impact zone anyway, so we didn't hear shit. But um, we just started chanting, Judge 2 sucks. But then, like, you know, at this point, we had, like, half the crowd, because I was talking shit, like, calling people zone of marks, and they started laughing and shit. And, you know, I had half the crowd saying, Judge 2 sucks. And you never hear that shit on the fucking show.
5: Interesting. Interesting
2: stuff there. Uh love it, Chef. Thank you. Um, anyone else have anything that they wanted to chime in? Moose, Galloway, Josh Matthews, uh Madison Rain related? Other than how the fuck Josh Matthews got Madison Rain? <laughs> All right. Um, you know, I, I think all these guys summed up. The one thing I will say, I'm, I'm not a Josh Matthews guy. Never have been. Since Fine and Boring, I think he undersells a lot of stuff. Dude was on my Facebook feed for the Impact Wrestling, rocking Oregon Duck gear. I'm a huge Duck fan. Kind of redeemed himself for me. That's all I'm going to say. It's been a shitty year for football, but uh, thank you, Josh Matthews. made yourself a little bit cooler there. Uh, so move on to the Monsters Ball, everyone. Awesome, awesome stuff. Rosemary, Jade, Monsters Ball, Thumbtacks—probably uh, not real barbed wire—went down. Fantastic match. Of course, we're going to start with Fk9. Thoughts on this one?
0: I thought it was—I re- thought Madison Rain's commentary was kind of funny here, because uh, one of the first things she brings up is that you know Rosemary has been under the tutelage of uh, Abyss, and that's how she knows how to do all this Monsters Ball hardcore stuff. It's like—is that really something you want to bring up? Like she's being tutored by the man who's lost more monsters balls than like anyone ever. I mean, let's let's be honest. He's lost a lot of monsters balls. Um. Yeah, yeah. I I, I love the booking of Rosemary in this match. Okay, great match. I know it, I, as I understand it, they cut a lot of stuff out of it, but yeah, whatever. Time constraints. Um. This match was a really good indicator of how high they probably are on Rosemary right now. She gets suplexed on attacks. Goes Jade goes for the pin, she kicks out. She gets knocked out of the barbed wire board, gets the barbed wire moon salted into her head. She still kicks out. And then um Jade uh, gets pinned after one table spot. So they're really making Rosemary look like a beast here, which is awesome. This is what I wanted the whole time. Uh but really the best part was the post match stuff. Yeah, Rosemary's outside the ring and of course Gail Gail runs down to check on Jade because they've got this this mentor-protege relationship that we really haven't seen at all, but they say it's there. We're both Asian. Yeah. Um. (laughs) (laughs) So, on Jade, and then Rosemary is kind of like slithering back into the ring, and she's getting closer and closer, and you're like, oh, whoa, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And just when Gail's right about to turn around, I'm like, do it for Dixie! I can do it for
1: fucking Braxton Sutter! Uh,
0: Sorry, I messed that up. Wow, you're thinking about Dixie. Dixie?
1: I'm thinking Rosemary. about May Young over here. You're thinking about Dixie.
0: Uh <laughs> I'm on very little sleep. Not at my best. Do it for Braxton, Sutter, Rosemary, and then Gail turns around and she misses her right in the face. Awesome. And then Rosemary just laughing maniacally as Gail rides around in pain. And yeah, they're teasing. They're still teasing that that Gail. Rosemary feud that I'm really nervous about because I don't want Rosemary to lose the belt, but this was awesome. That was like she took out the protege and then just to stick the knife in just a little bit deeper, she takes deeper, she out Gale as well, and then she walks away laughing. Awesome stuff. I think that put Rosemary over so well. The match was great. I, re- I really do wish we could have seen the whole thing because uh, I guess they had stuff cut out for time constraints. It's one of the things, one of the reasons why I didn't like how the, that first uh, opening segment kind of ran a little too long for me. Because it's like, well, they, they, yeah, they probably had to cut certain segments. And there, were, there was stuff in that Monsters Ball that we did not get to see. I've heard that from a couple people now. So that's kind of unfortunate. I wish we could have seen the whole match. But you know what? Jade and Rosemary had probably the knockout match of the year last year with their cage match this is probably an early contender for knockout match in 2017 too. So I'm, I'm loving this feud. I, I hope it, I, I hope it gets to, con- I hope we get to see at least one more match between these two, but uh, yeah, Rosemary is not losing that title anytime soon. She's on a roll right now.
2: I'm going to, let's go this, um, let's get to Kyle and then we're going to go to hurls after Kyle's done. And then I want to close out with chef who was there live. Uh, so Kyle, go ahead and give your thoughts on it.
1: Oh man. uh I'm going to say, uh, not even knockouts, this is probably the best uh, match in women's wrestling for the year. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, you know, what is it, what's there to say about it? It was such a great match. Uh, but I'm more interested in what I'm hearing, because I had no idea. They cut stuff out of the match. There was stuff we didn't see. I had no idea. and I, So I can't wait to hear what chef has got to say, because he, he saw it in person, so... I'm going to pass it along because I, I just want to get to it. I want to hear it. Yeah, like, it wasn't
4: too, too much that people are hyping. I mean, some weapon shots, chair shots. It was just literally like a lot of Jade whooping up on, on Rosemary. It wasn't like it was the craziest moves or nothing like that. It was just some, some pretty cool fucking weapon shots. I still
5: wish
0: we could have seen the whole thing.
5: for sure I felt
3: I felt like this match was just awesome I mean it was brutal I mean this was probably the most barbaric knockouts match I've ever seen besides maybe Taryn and Gale at uh, one of the Slammiversaries a few years back but this match was just awesome for a hardcore standpoint I mean you literally had everything I mean Rosemary, you know, going through the tax, and, and the way she went through the tax is like the back of her head got like most of the tax, so that that couldn't have felt too good. And then Jade with the the lion saw onto the barbed wire table was just awesome. I mean, I, these two, they need to have another match. I don't care, um, they they have to have another one. But um, you know, the superplex through the table was was awesome too. I mean, yeah, I mean, granted it made Rosemary look a lot strong because she was able to kick out a, out of a lot of the spots, but I mean, a superplex through the table is, is you know, that's a lot of height coming down. So um, I love the match. Um, definitely uh women's match of the year so far for me, for sure. Definitely.
2: Um, Chef, was there anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, I love this match.
4: Like, I, I was one of those people that was hyping it for a minute. You know, I I, I love this shit. And I remember talking to my son about it, and I was like, damn, man, they made fucking Jade look really kind of weak with the ending. And he was like, well, think about it. Like, Rosemary's a decay chick. Like, she's this whole, you know, death dealer and all this other shit. She should be able to take punishment. And then I started thinking, you know what? That shit actually makes sense. Like, she should be able to take this beating. She's a fucking champ. So, fuck it, you know, whatever. And it was fucking entertaining. Like, this was my favorite match until the Eddie Edwards fucking Lashley match. I mean, and I just love Rosemary Jane. I agree with you all. Like, they got to do this one more time. I don't give a fuck what the match is. These chicks, and I want them to main event a pay-per-view, too.
2: You know, these two girls have great chemistry together. Um, and that's, you're seeing on the, a lot with a few people on the Impact roster. And it definitely makes for great TV. I'm going to go ahead and take it a step further, and I'll say it's an early match of the year contender for anything, men, women, trans, whatever you want to say, no gender, whatever the hell is going on in society today. Um, It was good stuff, very good match. Uh, You know, the the thumbtacks to the back of our head stuff uh, definitely stood out. And, you know, the barbed wire probably wasn't real barbed wire in wrestling anymore these days, but it definitely, you know, you would see it stick on Rosemary. It looked real enough. The match was great. I love the hardcore matches. Definitely want to see these two go again. Uh, I assume if they do, they'll probably go with Jade because Lord knows she's going to drop all the matches. But, I mean, they're, they're booking Rosemary great. I think the Rosemary versus Gale thing, when it does happen, is going to be pretty big for the Knockouts division. Uh, knockouts, TNA, it's coming back 2017, so they've been very good. Um, so we saw the uh, debut of Caleb Conley on actual Impact Wrestling programming. Uh, guys, there was a skit or whatever you want to call it, promo of Ignette about the guy beforehand. Um, really didn't do much for me. Uh, Hurl, did you have any thoughts on that? Anything brief before we get into the match? Um,
0: well, they were showing
3: uh of some of his TNA matches, and I must have missed this, but I didn't know the final, the total nonstop deletion had an explosion match between him and James Storm. Did you guys watch that match before?
5: Nope.
3: Because... That was in the flat. That that was like when they were hyping up Caleb Conley. They were showing a match with James Storm versus Caleb Conley at uh, Total Nonstop at the Hardy Compound. So um, I don't. It, I'm gonna have to try to find it, but I don't think they showed that in any way, shape, or form. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, Caleb Conley. It's just kind of like, hey, I'm Caleb Conley. I've been wrestling for so and so. It's you know, it's kind of like how they introduced Braxton Sutter. So. Um, I thought Caleb Conley's gimmick on the Indies was kind of cool. Um, it was like a revolt type thing. Um, I don't know if they're going to do that in TNA or if they're just going to start him off fresh, but uh, he looks
5: like a definitely a promising young wrestler. So um, definitely good for the X Division with the loss of Mark Andrews.
2: FK9, FK9. any thoughts on the little promo Vignette thing?
0: Yeah. Uh, it, it was kind of similar to the Braxton Sutter introduction where they basically just park a camera in front of him and just say whatever, man. Uh, it was nice to finally see this guy. You know, we know a lot of people on the roster were kind of championing him when he, he got signed like early last year, I think it was, and they've just been sitting on him, not doing anything with him, but now that Mark Andrews is gone. At least I finally opened up. So that's, so that's good. Uh, one complaint I had about the match, though, is that it wasn't really designed to spotlight or highlight him in any ways. He was just there. He was just part of this big, you know, car wreck that didn't really uh, seem to have any like storylines going on. They just, oh, we're just gonna take five guys and throw them in a match. Well, if you're gonna debut this guy, have him have give him his first match on Impact, wouldn't you want to showcase him a little bit more? I don't know. I thought he did fine. You know, he, he was a little, he was a little, a, a little bit botchy at certain points, which you can probably chalk up to nerves. So I'm not going to chastise him for that. But he had some cool moves in there. Uh, I think, I think he'll work out fine. It's, I, I don't know if they're they're uh, really trying to highlight anything too like special about the X Division right now. So he's probably just going to be another body on the pile. But hey, I mean, he he, he did well in the match, so that's cool. We, we, got, we did get a little bit of storyline stuff afterwards, so we finally, we, we've, I guess we've got a next, our next feud, which is really just going back to the old feud of DJZ and Trevor Lee again, but at, at least it's something. So we, we got a new star debuting, good. Uh, we got a, a little bit of storyline direction for the X Division, good. Uh, not a whole lot to say about it, but uh, at least it's something, and we got to take what we can get with the X
2: Division right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, Chef, let's just go ahead ahead and uh, talk about the promo, if you have anything that you want to say on that, and then just go ahead and dive into the match. May as well for time constraints here.
4: No, sir. You can start off with the match, because I have nothing to say about this at all.
5: All right. Anything on the match you want to say, Chef?
4: Nah. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't... You know what? I sound like a straight-up TNA hater lately, and that's not the case, but I'm tired of DJ Z as well. Has he gotten better? Yeah, whatever. But, like, you know, it's been past Andrew Everett's time. It should have been a man Drew's time. Like, there were so many other guys that should have got some kind of push, but they got stuck on these guys, and I'm fucking tired of DJ Z and DJ Z and DJ Z. So, nope, I don't got shit.
5: All right, uh, Kyle, promo and match,
2: thoughts?
1: Uh, I mean, really nothing, there's really nothing to say about the little promo beforehand, uh, you know, hey, here's, here's, uh, Caleb Conley, sorry, Caleb Conley, good to meet him, whatever, uh, you know, with the match, we just got kind of the typical, uh, you know, cruiserweight, you know, spot fest, car wreck, like previously stated, uh, didn't do much for me. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Helms Dynasty. Great to see them in there. Conley uh, didn't really uh, do too much in the match. This isn't really the proper introduction. Uh, hopefully, uh, we, we see something from him. You got to feel bad for the guy. Uh, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm a diehard an Impact Wrestling fan, but you know, I call it like I see it. They kind of signed this guy and just left him on the bench for... Uh, how many months would you think that was? I'd say a, a solid... Six months, something like that. So, kind of, you know, I, I don't know. But hopefully, he could uh, make us forget about that and have a good run. But uh, let's see what he's got first.
2: Definitely, Hurls. Um, anything you wanted to say about the match at all?
3: Um, just kind of curious as to why. Uh, I mean, Marché Rocket. I mean, he can he can definitely do some athletic moves. I'm definitely not taking that away from him. But this would be the equivalent of, like, Hernandez being in the X Division. You know, you just didn't really ever see it. So he just kind of seems misplaced. I just feel like they could move him into a different division and
2: maybe sign
3: a couple different other X Division wrestlers. So um, as far as the match itself, it it was a good match. I I really enjoyed the the spot with the uh, DDT and the neckbreaker where They're all kind of in position for that. That was kind of interesting, and um, looks like we're going to have Trevor Lee and DJZ feud again, which we've seen. But they had such a great match at Bomb for Glory that I would love to see some more one-on-one matches between the two. So I thought the match was decent. Um, I think it was a little bit better than the opening tag team match, but probably the probably the second
2: weakest
5: uh, match of the night.
2: I like the uh, the jive turkey stuff that Marce Rocky does. Um, I don't know that he fits in the X Division, but he definitely showed some flying potential stuff for once in the match. I actually forgot he was even in it until you just brought it up. Um, it, just, it was a little too quick for me. I don't like I don't like the fucking matches where it's just one pinfall and it's over. I want to see some elimination. Um, I'm kind of tired of the Trevor Lee, DJ Z stuff. I do agree. I think DJ Z's reign is kind of losing some steam. Okay. Um, and maybe it's time for a change. I'd just like to see that be Andrew Everett. I don't think the promo stuff, Vignette, whatever the hell you want to call it, really did much favors for Caleb Conley, but getting him on TV did, so hopefully we'll see something there. Uh, so we're going to move on to the World Heavyweight title match. Um, we have a new Impact TNA World Heavyweight Champion Bobby Lashley for the fourth time uh, Iron Man match. I believe it ended 3-2. to two. Uh, Let's go ahead and, Hurl, let's just go back to your thoughts on this one.
4: Uh, this match was
5: awesome. Um, I don't know if it was
3: my favorite PNA Iron match, Iron Man match, um, because the Daniels styles one from 2005 definitely, uh, you know, holds a special place in my heart. But, um, this was just awesome. I mean, the way Bobby Lashley was so confident, the fans were saying too easy, just too easy and he was dancing to it and laughing. I loved it. I loved the cocky Bobby Lashley. Um, he's definitely one of my favorite wrestlers in, in all of wrestling. Um I I loved it. I mean, you know, Eddie Edwards made his little comeback after being down two nothing, which you kind of figured was gonna happen. But the ending was really cool because Bobby Lashley was probably gonna pass out and it was gonna go three to three. But um He did, and he survived, and uh, he's the new champion. And, um, you know, some may argue he probably shouldn't have lost it to Eddie Edwards the first time, but, you know, I think Eddie Edwards gained so much, you know, so much uh, TNA experience, so to speak, because it really showed that Eddie Edwards can hang with the heavyweights. But as far as Bobby Lashley winning, I loved it, and I can't wait to see who he's going to feud with next. I think it was just a great match, and... Close to five stars, for me.
2: Let's go. I'm gonna to go to Kyle here, and also real fast, guys. What I what I'm asking right now, because I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up on this. Let's strictly talk about the match only, um, and then we'll talk about uh, some other stuff after that to kind of close it out. But so thoughts on the match only here for me, Kyle? Huh.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I know I, I have a tendency to drive things off in a crazy direction. That's just kind of what I do. My bet! but. Strictly talking about the match, man! What a fantastic match! Uh, Bobby Lashley, the baddest motherfucker in professional wrestling. Uh, He's everything that Brock Lesnar wishes he could be. Personally, that's just me. That's my opinion. This guy's the man. Uh, Eddie Edwards, I you know I'm 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 uh, I'm so so about Eddie. Uh, he did a great job in this match, uh, but I think his title reign was wrong place, wrong time. I, told, I got all the respect in the world for the Wolves. I think they're a great tag team. I think, you know, they've done plenty for TNA in the tag in the tag aspect, uh, but I think uh, Eddie was kind of cursed from the start with this one. Things just really weren't uh, working for him, and it, just, it felt right to put the belt back on Bobby. He's definitely a safe bet until someone else steps up, but... Strictly on the match here, it was such a great match. Uh, this this match and uh, the the knockout, uh Monsters ball were the two matches that I replayed and watched again after the show a few times. So, uh, yeah, it's great to see the belt back on Lashley. I'm going to end it on that.
2: Chef, what were your thoughts on it?
4: Man, I fucking love this match. This is, like, one of my favorite all-time TNA matches. Um, the best part about this shit is literally looking at all the fucking marks in the impact zone put their fucking heads down. Like, if you pay attention and they fucking count to three, just look at that whole front crowd. And I know some of these people, so I don't give a shit. If you look at that whole front crowd, all you see is fucking heads go down with the best thing ever. Like, the fucking marks got done. You know, I'm tired of this shit. They put on a fucking stick match and with all, you know, I mean, these guys have, Mad respect. I'm gonna give mad respect to Eddie Edwards because if they would have booked him like this, his whole title reign would have looked fucking amazing. You know, like he was so dope in this match. Fucking Lashley was a machine. Um, of all the guys, it seems like the only person Pope has a fucking problem with is Bobby Lashley. Like you'll see other people come over to the announcement tables talk shit, and they'll just sit there. But whenever Lashley wants to do something, Pope has to throw his two cents in. Not like Pope. Pope is pimping. I always fuck with him. The Impact cool as shit. But, like, damn, why you got a problem with Lassie of all people and tell them to get in the ring? Like, we were telling them, like, yo, like, walk out the ring. Like, don't even worry about it. You know, it was, it was a fucking amazing match. I'm just a huge fucking fan of this match. Like, to me, this is one of those TNA instant classic matches that there'll be a DVD and all of a sudden, you know, Don West will be going crazy, like, popping a blood vessel out of his fucking neck. I'm normally
0: not a big fan of Iron Man matches just because, I don't know, they tend to drag for me because you got the guys that are obviously pacing themselves most of the time, and then the really important stuff doesn't really happen until the final couple of minutes. But this is probably one of the best Iron Mans that I've seen. It really is. Um, yeah, they had some really cool spots here. The power bomb on the ramp was sick. And um the finish was awesome too with the uh, Lashley getting caught in the guillotine but still like hanging on until the until the final bell. Really really great match. Um I I am I'm, I'm I'm honestly I'm glad there was a title change there. I think that was kind of past due. They really needed something really needed to change about the whole world title dynamic cause, because honestly it was getting a little old with just slightly different variations of the same like three guys. So I I I'm look I'm I'm glad Eddie I'm happy for Eddie. I'm glad he got a world title reign, but it, it it had gone on too long. It probably should have ended sooner. And hell, Lashley had a world championship reign last year that was one of the best in the company's history, really. So, I guess he's the safe choice right now. So put it back on Lashley for now. That's great. Uh, terrific main event. Really good stuff. They you know they really delivered on that one. And uh, yeah, that's all I got.
2: Yeah, I thought it was a great match. Um, and I'm kind of with FK9. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Iron Man matches. Uh, 30 minutes going to beat the 60 minutes for me. But it, it was definitely a very good match. Uh, very entertaining. You had know, the power bomb on the on the ramp was awesome. Uh, Eddie Edwards got booked strong. You know, he didn't look like a chump. Uh, I know, you know, Chef has not been a fan of the way Eddie Edwards been booked and all that. Um, but, you know, it was definitely a very good match. And you had two matches on this show that were just, Fantastic. And I, I wonder if that's the Jeff Jarrett, uh, the Dutch influence that's going on, because, like, we're finally seeing what TNA was built upon, and that was having great wrestling matches. And this roster is capable of doing it. Uh, and, and that's what's been my high point here. Now, the thing I want to ask you guys, so, and, and, and a lot of you have kind of touched on it. So Bobby Lashley. Okay, so let, let's start this. So Bobby Lashley became a four-time champ. Is, is Am I right? Anyone want to verify?
5: Yes, correct. Yes,
2: four correct the mundo. Yep. Alright, so that and if I remember right, he is tied for like the most title reigns in TNA history, correct? Yep. yep. All right.
3: Uh I think AJ's got more, but I could be wrong.
2: One of the other four time champs, possibly the most tied for the most? We'll figure that out. Uh actually I think it was angle, not AJ. Um you got so Bobby Lashley getting that. Um most title reigns in TNA history are tied for it. FKN, you think that's that's a good decision? Like do you think justified with Lashley?
0: I think so. I mean, it, how, how do you really root against the guy? I mean, he's one of the few genuine crossover stars they've got and his his body of work in the last year has just been tremendous. So I mean, I think if if you had to take the belt off of Eddie, uh, if it wasn't going to be James Storm, why not Lashley? I mean, the guy has just been this guy the guy is just on the top of his game right now.
5: Uh, Kyle, your thoughts?
1: Oh, no, I, I think I think Bobby Lashley is totally a perfect guy for it, you know. Sometimes you see uh, people get things in professional wrestling that they didn't necessarily earn, but I, I think Bobby earned this and power to him, you know. May, may there be more in the future. Jeff?
4: No, I agree 100% with what Kyle says, so I'm not even going to throw no more on it because he was
2: 100% right. All right, Carl, What do you got on
4: that? Oh,
3: Bobby Lashley definitely deserves this. I mean, you look when he started to where he is now. The guy just puts on phenomenal match after phenomenal match. Um, definitely. I mean, he can. He's so believable as a champion, and he's just a physical specimen. Like not to sound like corny or anything, but the guy has it all. I mean, he can go in with an X division guy. He can go with a you know a super heavyweight. And, and, and just put on a great match. I mean, he can go with anyone, and he's he, he's pretty much a perfect champion, and his mic skills get better every time he goes out there. So definitely an easy choice to put the belt on Bobby Lashley and, and have it be very credible.
2: Yeah, I think, so look, Bobby Lashley, I mean, the guy, he's improved so damn much. He's literally, I think he's a guy that can actually have a great match or a good match with literally anyone out there. Uh you know a lot of people say like, Oh, it's only these cruiserweights, these twenty five star New Japan bullshit, stuff that everyone on the internet the marks go crazy for. I, I, I just that's not my thing. Bobby Lashley for a guy his size with his build can go out there and really put on a good match with everyone. Anyone he's out there with and I think him and Drew Galloway are the two stop top match stars in impact as far as getting that job done. And um you know, it, it definitely the guy has deserved it. You know, he's he's dominating Bellator. Um, he's going out there and having fantastic matches. Destroyer for a reason. I agree. Brock Lesnar can suck Bobby Lashley sick. But look, here here's a question I have for you guys though. So, d- well deserved, we get that. So FK9, do you think he was the right choice to be the new champ? To be the guy that dethroned Eddie Edwards to be the first new champ?
0: Well, uh, I said a minute ago, if, if I had my if I had my pick. Of like anyone who could have dethroned Eddie, it would have been James Storm. Really, hashtag James Storm for champ. But like I said, I think I think I think Lashley was just a safe choice. Really was. I mean, you can't really stop him. I mean, he's he's the most believable person, the most believable badass they've got. And so I mean, he's one of those people. He walks out there and you just buy it. You just believe that this guy can just literally destroy anyone, so how, how do you root it, how do you like bet against someone like that he, he's there is there a really a more believable champion that you could have at the head of your company? There really isn't
5: this is the other thing I want to follow up so you said he was the safest choice. do you think the safest choice was the right decision though
0: well, I guess i mean he he's been in and around the title picture. For several months, so I guess it makes more sense than just inserting someone in there randomly. And I think they really did—they really did need to take the belt off of Eddie and just go in a different direction. And uh, I, I guess this would have made more sense than just having someone just come out of the blue and take the title off him for like with no build-up. like I guess I would have preferred that than just like going completely random with somebody else.
5: I got to Hurls, um Bobby Lashley do you think he was the right choice for them to pull the trigger on? Um it just kind of seems like
3: they didn't really need to give the belt to Eddie Edwards in the first place. But at the same time it, I think it really did help Eddie Edwards like I think at the beginning a lot of people were confused but after a while, when you just saw how great of a fighting champion Eddie Edwards was, I think it it helped him a lot. Um, but as far as Bobby Lashley winning it back, I mean, there there could there's definitely other guys you could have given it to, but um, I think TNA just kind of wanted to go with, you know, these two guys have such great chemistry in the ring together. I think they just wanted to give the fans a really, really awesome match to never forget, and they definitely pulled that off. So I'm right guy, maybe not the perfect guy, but it definitely wasn't the worst guy either. So I know it's kind of, it's not a, you know, it's not the probably answer you're looking for, but I don't know, that's really all I got.
2: So, Kyle, let's let's go to you here. Do you think this was the right choice to put the belt on Lashley out of everyone else on the roster?
1: Oh, yeah. Just like I said before a few minutes ago, uh, basically the same exact answer. I Yeah, he was the safe choice, and I do think he was the right guy. But for now, keep it on him, and they need to figure something else out. You know, it needs to mean something when he passes the, the, the belt uh, on to someone else. It needs to be something big. They can't. Just do another. They can't do another underdog story. They just did that with Eddie Edwards. They really need to build somebody up. Uh, I, personally, me, I would try to figure a way to get that belt back on EC3 the right way. But it's going to take some time. But, yeah, I, I. all in all, yeah, I think Lashley was the right guy at the moment. Now, Chef, I saw your post on Facebook the
2: other day, man. And uh, you were talking about the face of TNA, the guy that is the face of TNA. Um, you think Bobby Lashley was the right choice, or you think it should have went to someone
4: else? You know what? I don't got a problem with Lashley getting it, but I still think that EC3 is the face. Um, I mean, just whenever he talks, he looks like the right guy. Everything about EC3 just screams like, you know, heavyweight champion. Like he's just he's a fucking he's someone who easily I can see not in a real fight, but like, in a wrestling ring, can take it to fucking Bobby Lashley. Each should three, I don't know. know—I'm just a, Every time he speaks, it just seems like I like the guy more and more. It's like everything he says, you just fucking, you just feel like, man, this guy's a fucking man. But, honestly, and I'm going to always stick with my homer pick, as much as I want James Thorne to be the champ, man, my man Bram needs to be the TNA heavyweight champ. That's all I'm saying.
5: I hear you. You know, when I when I read the
2: spoilers and I found out that Lashley was winning the belt, I, w- I was conflicted. I mean, Bobby Lashley's a man. He deserves it. Um, you know, I'm never going to dispute that. I'm a huge fan of the guy's work. But it was like, you know, how many times do we have to go back to this Lashley, Eddie, EC3 well, and it's just the same three guys. And it was, I was disappointed when I heard it. After seeing the match, I feel a little bit differently. But I, I also don't feel that the best thing for TNA was the Bobby Lashley title reign. I think they've dropped the ball with EC3 too much, and it's the ball that they need to pick back up off the ground and get it in the right hand. Um, I, I I think EC3 or the push for James Storm to really get that belt um, should have been there, and I also think maybe pushing Eli Drake uh, could have been something good, but Drake nowhere near as much as I think pushing James Storm with this DCC and really letting the DCC go or giving EC3 what he needs to be, um, but I'm not complaining, especially after the match. I just – I don't know that it was the right choice. I think EC3 probably should have won it at the start of the year. So, um, kind of our final closing thoughts here. Um, anyone have any last things they want to get off their mind? Anything they didn't get a chance to say? All
5: right. Um, yes, I, I do I – do, um, I don't know if you want
3: me to save it maybe for a different show, but I did watch the uh, one night only November pay-per-view um, and just kind of wanted to do a not don't have to do a full recap, but um, it was a decent pay-per-view um, there was some some good matches um, the opening X division with Andrew Everett beating Andrews was pretty good there um, there was a decent amount of filler though. Um, but Lashley uh, and Bram had a really good match on it. Um, Lashley won that one. Um, uh, Bram actually fought James Storm on this pay per view, which I thought was interesting. So it must have been like right before they uh, did the DCC. That was a really good match. And the main event is worth noting because it was Matt Hardy versus EC3. But instead of EC3 coming out, it was broken EC3. And if you saw there, um, when they went to Mexico, EC3 did the the reenactment of the Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy stuff that started the whole thing pretty much. Well, EC3 brought that character out to face Matt Hardy. And uh, it, it was pretty funny. Um, so EC3 ended up winning that match. Wasn't like a really great match or anything, but it was a lot of comedy and I laughed really hard and they actually changed EC3's music to to make it sound pretty funny so um definitely check that out but as far as like a total I'd probably give uh TNA Against All Odds one night only November probably like a 6 out of 10 yeah
4: the EC3 thing, the EC3 thing you were talking about he was from broken with Florida
1: isn't it just him with a piece of toilet paper on his head? <laughs> <Yes>.
4: Absolutely.
5: <laughs> Alright,
2: gotta love yeah. it. Um anyone else have anything on their mind they want to get off their chest yeah. before we close it up? Yeah, GNA needs to sign Lewis Gervin. Like that him versus
4: Andrew Everett would be insane.
2: I'll I'll back you up on that. You know I got your back on that, so uh, I've never seen the guy, but obviously I trust you, Chef, and the new Mars Division guy, period. Uh, FK9, anything you want to get off your chest? Nah, I'm good. Am I right, Kyle? Anything?
1: Uh, I love the show. Genesis 2017 is in the books, and it was a great show. Um, Before we get off, I'm just going to say this. Chef, i've i've been making i've been making deals i've been talking to uh you know uh i've been getting the transportation talking to lawyers getting everything together and basically we're going to have an open invitation where chef and the TNA mafia are going to go to the hardy compound and chef is going to face matt hardy face to face and there's going to be uh some sort of uh t n a mafia slash deletion special i heard that's in the works you know j j b and the gang are getting on it so can't wait to see that. Yo, Kyle, you're gonna get
4: me you're gonna get me in trouble, brother, because that dude don't want none.
1: <laughs> I think we all got blocked on a few accounts for this episode at the end of the day. Josh <laughs> blocked us. Matt blocked all of us. We all got blocked today.
2: <laughs> I'm glad I've been staying off Twitter. All right. Well, I wanna thank FK nine and uh, also Kyle from King of the Mountain. Chef's our regular now. Pearl's been a regular now. Um, Heelcast Nation, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching Genesis. Check out TNA this coming week. Uh, Raven Effect, signing off for the Heelcast. Have a great week, everyone.
5: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy
0: discovered Jumbacasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs)